Future of Finance podcast, where finance finds its future. Dominic is co-founder of Future and Finance, and he has been many times with us. He has been in many seminars and webinars organized by AXNA. So, desde ya, muchas gracias, Dominic, por tu por tu contribución con nuestra organización. También tenemos eh, a Andreas Tranquilini, a John Falk, a Jack McDonald, eh, y no veo en este momento, pero está también eh, Chris Richardson, que es eh, uno de los founders de, de Percival, que también es un sponsor de AXA, así que les agradezco a todos ellos por su participación en el día de hoy. Ahí está Chris. Eh, a todos eh, les doy nuevamente la bienvenida y dejo con ustedes a Dominic que va a conducir y moderar este panel. Pueden hacer sus preguntas a través del chat. Eh, keep in mind, you, you can make any question through the chat. Uh, we're going to have the chance to, to answer all of them. Y sin más, Dominic, uh, I give you the floor. So in this moment, and uh, thank you in advance for your contribution with our organization. Okay, Dominic, go ahead. Uh, thank you, uh, Javier. It's, it's nice to be back. Uh, thanks also to our sponsor, uh, Percival, for, for making this event possible. Uh, as Javier mentioned, I'm Dominic Cobson, the co-founder of Future of Finance, and it's my pleasure to welcome you all to our debate on the motion, this house believes that CSDs need to invest in securities tokenization capabilities now. Uh, welcome also to the subsequent discussion, uh, both with our debaters and, of course, with you as our audience on the question of whether CSDs need to invest in tokenization capabilities now, later, or at all. And in fact, I'd like to get you involved right at the outset by inviting you straight away uh, to vote on the motion that we will be debating and discussing today. Uh, Viviana, could we perhaps have the poll? Uh, there it is. Um, uh, do please answer that straight away. It's a pretty simple binary choice. Do CSDs need to invest in security tokenization capabilities now? Yes or, or no? So please vote. We'll keep that open uh, for a short while, uh, perhaps until the debate proper begins. And we will invite you uh, to vote again on the same question uh, towards the end of the debate and discussion so we can see whether you have changed your minds as a result of what you have heard. And what you will have heard is plenty of ideas and arguments from experts on a subject which we at Future of Finance have visited repeatedly over the last two or three years. Indeed, we've been thinking about the subject so much that we've now published an entire paper on it, uh, what CSDs can do about tokenization, which you can obtain on our website. Now, one thing is certain, if the securities industry goes down the path of tokenization, it will be highly disruptive for CSDs. Securities are issued into CSDs. The integrity of every issue uh, of securities is safeguarded by CSDs. Ownership of securities is recorded by CSDs. Transactions in securities are settled by CSDs. Securities are serviced in many instances by CSDs. So tokenization, however and whenever it happens, will not pass CSDs by. What is the case for CSCs to do something now rather than nothing 
and what's the case against them doing something uh, rather than nothing now. That's the essence of what we're all going to talk about today. Uh, and as you've already learned, we're going to talk about it in a rather different way. It's not going to be a panel discussion. Uh, it's going to be a debate uh, between our experts. Uh, so I thought it might be helpful if I just explained at the outset exactly how this is going to ha happen over the next uh, hour and 20 minutes. First, we're going to hear our four speakers make the case for and against CSDs investing in tokenization capabilities. Now, there will be two speakers for the motion and two speakers against the motion. Uh, as Javier uh, mentioned, to argue for the motion, we have Andrea Tranquilini, former CEO of ID2S, the first ever blockchain-based CSD, a veteran of five European CSDs, who is now advising the Securities Depository Center company in Riyadh. Uh, also speaking for the motion, we have Jack McDonald, who is CEO of Polysign, parent of Standard Custody, where he is also CEO and of MG Stover, the leading fund administrator for digital assets recently acquired by Polysign. To argue against the motion, we have Chris Richardson, uh, CEO of Percival Software, our sponsor and a leading supplier of technology to CSDs, uh, which offers now uh, trading as well as post-trade services on its platform. He will be supported by John Falk, who is a partner at Vorse Consult, a global financial services consultancy that advises exchanges, clearing houses, CSDs, and other financial market infrastructures. Uh, John is a former director of securities market infrastructures at Swift in Brussels. Now, each of our experts will be given just five minutes to make their case with one speaker for, followed by one speaker against. Secondly, once we've heard from each of our speakers, they will be given a further five minutes each, i.e. 10 minutes in all, to rebut uh, or refute arguments made by their opponents. And after that, this is the third sequence uh, this afternoon uh, or this morning in most of your cases, uh, we will uh, invite you, the audience, to, uh, to be part of the discussion. We've set aside 40 minutes to deal with the questions, which as Javier pointed out, you should submit through the the Q&A or if you like the chat at the bottom of the Zoom screen. So do please listen very carefully to the arguments made by both sides throughout this debate and the rebuttals and send to me as soon as it occurs to you immediately via the, uh, preferably via the Q&A functionality, but chat works as well, at the bottom of your Zoom screen, any questions, any comments you wish to make as they occur to you because this is your event, not ours. Uh, and all of us want you to be part of the discussion. So that's it. First, the debate. Second, the rebuttals. Thirdly, the discussion with the audience. And without further ado, I'd now like to invite uh, Andrea Tranquilini to open the debate uh, for the four uh, uh, debaters. Thank you. Thank you, Dominic. And uh, good morning, everyone. And good, good afternoon, wherever, wherever you are. And thank you for the veteran. That's more or less what my children say about me being an ancient person. Anyway, um, so uh, there are, I will focus on uh, primarily on systemic benefits of the introduction of, uh, of the DLT. Uh, my colleague uh, uh, Jack will probably focus more on the te technological benefits. Um, so there are probably more main, four main areas which I would like to highlight that I think we should take into consideration when introducing a DLT technology in a financial market infrastructure and in a CSD. The first is what I call the real real-time settlement 
or what we call uh, in the framework of that technology, the atomic settlement. Uh, the presence of the smart contract, so a digitally established agreement that determines amongst the terms of the contract itself all the state changes, allows to compress all the steps uh, from the pre-issuance, or from the moment of creation of a security anyway, to, to the settlement. The technology allows to compress this and to execute all these steps sim sim simultaneously. So uh, PLT abandons the concept of a T plus, T plus two because everything is feasible in a really very, very short time frame. This has an impact, a systemic impact, uh, for example, on the back office and the middle offices of the participants because themselves being uh, on the blockchain with their own node, they need to change completely their practice, make them more agile and more, more efficient. There will be an implicit pressure to reduce settlement cycle, not because uh, there will be uh, a necessarily uh, uh, an institutional request to do it, but because the market will evolve in that direction naturally. And in addition to T plus, Z, T plus zero, of course, it can evolve in terms of 24-7 uh, capabilities. Uh, just as, a, as for the inform for information, we at ID2S were settling a commercial paper from creation to settlement in 30 minutes, but internal processing was uh, all in all, uh, no more than one minute and a half, 20, 28 and a half minutes were linked to the settlement process in target to securities and in the back offices of the participants that had not yet introduced, um, uh, had a node on the blockchain itself. So just to give you the dimension of the efficiency that can be can be achieved. So when it, having introduced the first element, i.e. the atomic settlement, the second is naturally the finality of settlement. Uh, among the state changes, we can speak about moment of entry and moment of settlement finality. Here, of course, the, set, the gap between these moments is completely cancelled, and then there is an immediate execution. So uh, blockchain here is a real game changer. It removes completely counterparty risk. Uh, and uh, through the concept of smart contract allows this uh, uh, real-time uh, real execution. To those that may say, an bring, bring an argument that this increases, the users of DLT increases systemic risk because all the participants, those are infrastructure and the members are on the same uh, technology, uh, we can counter that uh, the both the the use of a cryptography, which is much safer um, uh, technology compared to a conventional technology, and the principle of distribution of the ledger, which means copies of the same information across all the members on the blockchain in a simultaneous manner, reduces the 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 issue, the the, the system the systemic risk the consensus uh, is maintained even in presence of contamination of certain nodes and note that the resynchronization occurs in three seconds maximum so the possibility of hackering is extremely reduced this leads me to the third element which is the single source of truth here uh, today we live in an environment where we have a uh, a golden source, which is generally the CSD operating also the register, and there is a dissemination of uh, informatted information across the market. Here, whole the market has the same level of information at the same time, 
there is no dependency on uh, uh, communication protocol or uh, eventually to SWIFT, uh, why not? Because everyone is within uh, the same uh, ecosystem, the same environment. The last point, and then uh, I'll shut my mouth, is the element of market benefit. The adoption of the blockchain among, amongst various members allows to bring to the market instruments today are potentially very liquid or that nobody would be believing could be considered as fungible. Um, including eventually the possibility of trading and managing fraction, which is not a habit in conventional technology. So there is a, an overall benefit from a capital market uh, perspective in terms of growing the amount of securities that are brought, brought to the market. Dominic, I pass Thank on you. to you. Thank you, Andrea. Uh, you kept the time very well. Thank you. Uh, I'd now like to ask, uh, invite Chris Richardson to uh, respond for the against the motion. Chris, you're on mute. Thank you. Thank, thanks, Dominic. Um, okay, let's look at the, the, the proposition itself. And, and thank you to Andrea Tranquilini for, uh, for his presentation. Um, I didn't move my hands, just uh, if you want. Uh, no problem. And, and you didn't speak in Italian either. I appreciate that. Okay, so within the proposition itself are a number of hidden assertions. So one is that making tokenization uh, a success is the responsibility of CSDs. It isn't. CSDs are charged with taking the minimum of risk uh, within the market. Second is that spending money on tokenization can be considered as an investment that might yield a return. And no one should deliberately make an investment that's not likely to do so. And any business case conducted at the moment would indicate that such a venture would be extremely high risk and, and probably should not be undertaken. The other is that tokenization is a broadly understood concept that's shared across capital markets so that any investment opportunities can be clearly evaluated, but it, it really isn't. There are many ways in respect of how DLT technology can be de deployed to cover CSD operations. And the choice in, in which way you use can have a large uh, impact on the project success. But there are also some hidden assumptions in there. And one is that the traditional CSD solutions can't process the transaction of tokenized assets using uh, you know, their existing uh, packages. In a process akin to immobilization, tokenized assets can be represented on the chain in the CSD's account and transactions settled using a, a classical uh, CSD architecture, updating the chain only in the context of, of what in, in a traditional environment would be a deposit or withdrawal as things move out of the CSD's account to other accounts on the chain. And the other thing is that token, the other assumption is uh, that tokenization is somehow inseparable from distributed ledger technology, which is not strictly true. It's in that once on the chain, tokenized assets have to remain there, but that's clearly not the case. It's also possible for classical systems to coexist with uh, DLT in respect of a, a, a tokenized asset. The other, the other uh, point that's all, often raised and was raised by Andre in his initial address to you was that tokenization is solving a problem that CSDs currently have. If it does, when what exactly is that problem or those problems? We've, we've heard that, uh, on 
previous discussions, uh, even on future of finance, that the LD will suddenly make settlement determinate. But in fact, it's only the US market where settlement has been decoupled from delivery, where this might be a problem. Pretty well, every other CSD around the world has mathematically determinate settlement processes. We look at the barriers to tokenization that exist at the moment. They're, they're not nothing. They're quite significant. It's not just a reluctance to take it up. There's a staggering lack of standardization in respect to the technology that might be deployed for tokenization. I can't overly stress that. Communication other standards are part of the main international recommendations directed at CSD and capital markets in general. G30 recommendations, uh, 1989, point number nine. G30 recommendations, uh, 2003, point number two. IOSCO, point number 16, issued in 2011. Point number 22 of, of uh, PFMI, third point on ISSA, and, and the CSDR regulations, item number 17. And these are all generally dealing with communications, use of standard messages, particularly ISO 15022 or 20022, which I know there, there are uh, initiatives at the moment to solve this, but we are not there yet by a long shot. Um, there are very few tokenized fiat currencies which are required as part of, of, of settlement and the digital currencies that are not fiat currencies are volatile. We saw recently a general crash following the, the, the problems in the Ukraine. Not really suitable for settlement in a regulated market for a regulated market for a variety of reasons. The other thing is that uh, Andrea talks about this atomic settlement, but that's based on an assumption that you pre-fund on the cash side as well. Both, Actually, both the cash side and the security side need to be pre-funded. The assets on the seller side are locked down as part of the order on the trading platform, and the cash is, is locked down on the buyer side. So pre-funding generally is understood in international standards to be a bad thing. Locking down cash or security assets really reduces liquidity overall in a market. When, when two orders match a generated transaction, settlement instructions then pass the CSD for processing. You, it's easy. You think both sides can be deliver, deliver. And this trade-by-trade trade settlement, which is BIS Model 1, has the largest liquidity requirement of all settlement models. That's not a positive point international solution is to use BIS Model 2, which allows CSDs to net the cash, thereby allowing for a lower liquidity by allowing cash received from sales to be automatically offset against cash requirements for purchases. The barriers to investment are, if you want to make one, is cost. The cost of DLP platforms is not low. Many of the solution providers are not offering their solution per se, but a service for which they will charge regularly, thereby increasing the unit transaction cost. Return on investment can't be guaranteed and currently doesn't seem likely. Where are the successes? There'd be no outstanding financial successes for tokenization at CSDs. You know, should note here that a technical success doesn't mean that there was a satisfactory return on investment. Also the speed of, of uh, DLT solutions in respect of settlement is not great. I mean, Andrea talks about the this atomic uh, settlement, but CSDs can handle millions of transactions per second. There's no guaranteed throughput in a, in a DLT network. 
existing examples have not been encouraging. Modern tokenization paradigms have beneficial owner and representative account level, but many CSDs have millions of beneficial owner accounts and similarly high transaction volume. So this problem is not small. One of the things that say that that I must warn you that you're running over your five minutes, but um, okay. if you could wrap up shortly, that would be good. Sure. One of the standard claims is that we need to replace trust with truth, but I can tell you that CSDs have uh, uh, neither as a problem. I think I'll leave it at that. It's easier to throw stones in this glass house and, and hand it back to Dominic. Thanks, Dominic. Thanks, Chris. Um, that was all very helpful. Uh, I'd now like to invite uh, Jack uh, to speak uh, for the proposition that CSDs should invest in tokenization capabilities now. And Jack, you'll need to get yourself off mute. Great. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me, Dominic, and um, I appreciate your your view, Chris. I happen to agree more with uh, Andrea, I must say. And, and when I um, hear the, the arguments for and against, to me, uh, a couple of themes really resonate. I think first and foremost, uh, the, the question at hand that we're we're discussing this morning is whether or not CSD should be investing in uh, tokenization initiatives. And I think it comes down to a question of whether or not CSDs, generally speaking, want to be front-footed and ahead of the curve here, or they want to be followers and behind the curve. And I think there's an enormous opportunity for CSDs to embrace the new technology. And I think it is undeniable that if, if uh, the markets were uh, developing at a point in time that you would take advantage of the best technology that exists. And I think there are many attributes of uh, blockchain technology and distributed ledger technology, which play right into the strengths and the key roles uh, that CSDs uh, do possess. Chris mentioned a lack of standardization uh, that exists today. And I fully agree with that. That said, I think there's an opportunity for replacing trust with truth and using that as a catalyst to have global standardization around settlements. And I think it is really a question of the incumbents trying to progress forward and evolve forward while still relying upon many of the older technologies and plumbings that exist, uh, which is holding, holding markets back. We see that time and time again, where incumbents are trying to hang on to business and hang on to uh, customer flows, et cetera. Uh, when technology or other type of catalysts actually change the, the future. And we all seem to agree that, that there is a trend towards future tokenization and digitization across a broad range of assets. I happen to believe in evolution, not revolution. So it's nothing that's going to happen overnight. But I truly think that the global markets can be truly global. I believe that we're really uh, writing a new operating system uh, with, with the technology that we're building. Uh, for a new capital markets. And I think there is a great opportunity for a, um, a common source of truth. And that if across the world and across asset classes, you could have CSDs playing a leading role in bringing that technology to bear and then having all the benefits that comes with that around uh, greater liquidity, greater transparency, less friction, lower cost, and very importantly for CSDs, an immutable record that can never be uh, amended uh, retroactively, I think that there's a lot of positives that would that would ensue uh, for participants as well as 
from a regulatory standpoint. And uh, I'm fully in favor of CSTs investing in this in this SaaS, in this technology. Thank you, Jack. Dominic. Um, well within your well within the limits. Thank you. Uh, finally, uh, it's to John Falk to uh, itemize his arguments against the, the motion. Thanks, Dominic. And uh, my thanks to Axter and the Future Finance for Organizing this webinar. And it's also great to see so many friends here today um, from when I used to regularly attend the Axter meetings a few years ago. Securities markets and especially CSDs are an exciting but risky journey with tokenization, as you've already heard. But when and what path to take is the question we're debating. There's no easy path to follow and the path has many forks and dangers to face. So some of the some examples of the issues involved. Tokenization may reduce costs and complexity, um, as you've heard from Andrea, but it doesn't eliminate the risks associated with one party failing to settle transactions unless pre-funding and pre-positioning of the uh, cash and the assets is mandated for both the buy and sell side. How CSDs function form can change. Uh, for example, the need for increased interoperability as there may be multiple security settlement systems as opposed to the existing situation of one or two CSDs in the market today for a country. The ability of traditional account-based systems to interoperate with tokenized systems. New anti-money laundering, know your customer and countering the financing and terrorism controls may arise if transactions occur on a non-permission non networks or even on permission ones if the permissioning body does not operate at the level required by the local regulator. CSDs may even have to support customized settlement cycles for tokenized assets. For instance, a single settlement process may have to support T plus zero and T plus two. And a crypto reference data set may have to be developed to ensure the handling of ISINs and digital token identifiers are consistent across all networks and countries. With tokenization, you'll likely end up with fragmented liquidity across digital and non-digital networks, so creating a need for additional liquidity. Netting is substantially more complex when on a DLT and, and practically impossible when networks require T plus zero settlement, as we've discussed already. Settlement T plus zero is possible today, but tokenized settlement requires DVP model one to be operated with atomic settlement. Cross-border investments where time zones differ significantly, more issues will appear and the legal basis of settlement finality with tokenization needs to be established, particularly where transactions are across jurisdictions. The operational infrastructure and other costs to run a 24-hour by 365-day cash and security settlement system, one of the points that Andrea mentioned, as this is assumed in most tokenized projects, needs to be better understood with a good business case to ensure that the benefits outweigh the costs. This needs to be in reference to the whole ecosystem. The benefits must accrue to both the participants and the system providers. Large international participants are unlikely to be interested in T plus zero due to the real-time cash transfer issues we've just mentioned. Smaller participants and vendors will need to bear the competitive burden and resources to shift to T plus zero and the impact on intermediaries is unclear. 
Present regulations or recommendations, such as those stated by CPMI OSCO and the PFMIs, which are especially important for CSDs to meet, needs to be defined, such as the level of resilience, recoverability, availability, and throughput. Our understanding of tokenization's impact on the PFMIs is not clear or understood. Even the mechanics of global settlements, FX, margin investing, and securities lending will probably need to be redesigned to fulfill regulatory and contractual requirements. Even regulatory law will probably need to be modified once tokenization is introduced in a country, such as insolvency law, criminal law, property law, to name just a few. And as we've seen, that where a CSD has made the decision to replace their post-trading settlement services using DLT, the SX, for example, with the chess replacement project in Australia, the significant costs are being incurred for a project first announced in 2017. According to an announcement made at their annual general meeting last month, the SX cannot provide a projected live date, previously stated as late 2024, for the, for the chess replacement as they've now engaged Accenture to do an independent review of the scalability and resilience of the new software. So in conclusion, I don't think CSDs are ready to invest now in tokenization as many questions are unanswered, but they must maintain a close watch on developments. A recent future finance paper on what CSDs can do about tokenization proposes that CSDs can probably ignore tokenization until 2027, but in the subsequent five years, will be less comfortable for a CSD that is not monitoring what's happening. I cannot see how the management of a CSD today can make a business case to present to their board to invest in tokenization. By making that decision will take them into a world that is poorly understood on its potential impact, possibly encounter significant regulatory issues, and have difficulty defining how long and at what cost that journey to tokenization of assets for a CSD will take. Thank you, Dominic. Thank you, John. Uh, that was um, well kept to time. Thank you. We now have a, a sort of 10 minute period in which uh, both sides can address the arguments they've each put forward. Uh, to some extent, you've begun to do that already. But I'd like now to invite uh, Andrea first to, um, to engage with the arguments that have been put forward by uh, by Chris and John. Is there some particular points you'd like to contest? Yeah, well, I think uh, on the principle of the tokenization, uh, the industry has gone through the years uh, through different forms of security. So we started a bridge. So the bridge exists between Christian and Eurocrea because there were vans moving physical assets from one part of another of Luxembourg. So Pont Adolphe in Luxembourg is called bridge because these vans were moving physical securities from one place to another. Mm -hmm. So we evolved from physical securities to immobilized securities into dematerialized securities. I think the best approach would really be to say, this is another form of security. We will endorse it. Uh, there are uh, invest issuers and investors and want to go in that direction. Every new form of securities has brought adaptation, to answer to John, adaptation to risk management practices, IML, re reg regulation when it has to be uh, done. We have, for example, in Europe, a CSDR, which is really, um, is not really looking forward to the different form of securities because Article 3 speaks about immobilized or dematerialized. 
Today, whatever the form of the uh, security underlying, CSD records uh, are uh, in electronic form of the security. So the form of security has to be uh, ignored if you if you want if you want to really look forward to adoption of digital mm -hmm. of digitalization. When it comes to more uh, um, barrier to entry mentioned by by Chris, I think that more CSDs today, the most most of CSDs today sit on system which are uh, 20 plus uh, years old. This may make Chris very happy because this opened the market for selling <laughs> his system. But amongst the available options, uh, is uh, there is the possibility to share cost and endorse a full market harmonization by adopting the same technology. Of course, this cannot be a, a big bang. Probably there should be some parallel run. Probably some asset classes can migrate first on a different platform, but the journey is possible. It is not true that there is a higher, it's a, it's a higher cost, as well as potentially there is no risk of fragmentation uh, because if you move asset per asset classes, this fragmentation can be, can be addressed. The last point is the, uh, that I would like to uh, uh, highlight is the pre-funding and pre-positioning. Mm. Today, nobody, nobody settles providing just credit, uncollateralized credit lines to anyone. These years are gone well before Lehman, uh, the Lehman crash. So everything is collateralized. Everything is based on an existing line. Today, the, the fiat currencies and the, so no, sorry, the digital currencies tend to be a derivative or I'd say mirroring the value of the underlying fiat currencies. That's how the central banks are moving. So you can have a central bank digital currency, but this reflects on a one-to-one -one basis the underlying position in fiat currencies. So it is pretty neutral in this respect, the possibility to, to use digital currency into a digital context. And for example, in, um, in Europe, with the MICA regulation and the introduction of money token, this will further simplify the possibility of the adoption of uh, of, uh, of the digital um, uh, currencies. There are many, many points that I can, I can, uh, can highlight, but maybe, maybe Jack also has, a, has his view and has some points to, to highlight. Well, Jack, Jack can, can respond in a minute. I, I think we may have lost yeah. him temporarily, but um, Chris, why don't you uh, rebut what you've heard? Sure, thanks, Dominic. Um, I'll, I'll try and keep it brief, <laughs> compensate for my overrun last time. Um, just com coming back to Andrea on a, a couple of those issues, I mean, for me, if, if I'm sitting on the board of, of a CSD, I'm going, show me the money. You want me to invest. I, I want to see a success, something I can go right now. See, that's what I want to emulate in my market. Don't see it. I'm sorry, Andrea. What I see is, is a lot of failed projects with tens of millions of euros or dollars down the drain. That's what I see. So forgive me if I'm a bit reluctant to put my money into it. Uh, I don't know if Jackie's around, uh, the, or if you like, I, I can rebate the rebut, the rebut to the rebut. Or I, let, 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 let me get through a couple more of these things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you want to see a good example of a revolutionary te technology, look at mobile payments in Kenya. It said that like, like two thirds, three quarters of every single mobile payment made is made by Kenyan. And this, this looked like such a great idea and it, it hasn't really taken off. 
it's, been, it's spread somewhat throughout the region, but it's not taken off as a as a as a global kind of movement to, to implement um, mobile mobile payments like that. It's just not there. And really, what seems to go hand in hand with tokenization is, is disintermediation. And, and what what you're looking at is is the an attack basically on all the, the the classical capital market institutions that have developed over a couple of hundred years. Those are there for a reason. Yes, they've been failures, but they've been human failures, not failures in the concept of how a capital market should work. You let uh, uninformed people loose on a capital market and there will be disasters, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure of it. And, and this idea of a golden source of truth that cannot be amended, that's absolute rubbish. If you have control of the rubbish? nodes, you, because you can amend anything if you have control over the nodes, that's the truth. And they're not going to make things open, uh, an open network uh, for capital market settlement uh, and not control the nodes, because that, that comes with that, all the controls you want as a regulator and a capital market institution, like an exchange or a CSD. So that's my, well, that's my I, I, rebut. Jack, you're back, good. Sorry about that, some technical difficulties, notwithstanding that I'm in a technology company. <laughs> uh, well, I, just hearing that last, last bit, Chris, I think the point of the immutability of a, of a blockchain or distributed ledger technology is yes, there can be amendments that are made over time if the participants agree, but you will you will you will have this this immutable history. So you could see every time a new block of information is added, who added it, when it was added, et cetera. And so I think that level of transparency and truth uh, would be actually quite helpful in terms of a global settlements. And I do think about global. Uh, should the should the uh, regulators, which I think is the, the 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 biggest impediment there, but the regulators ever get to a situation which I think is many years off, where you could truly envision global capital markets interoperating with one another, and I think having the sort of technology that DLT represents would be mission critical to to bring that ultimately to be inevitable. I think also the atomic settlement nature is really um, uh, powerful. Again, one needs to spend a significant amount of time agreeing about what the preconditions are for settlement. So it'd be the sort of thing where participants can design that rule book. But once agreed, uh, you have to place trust in technology uh, as opposed to allowing the human, um, you know, the human factor to ultimately uh, be, be the arbiter of, of what success looks like. And I think that there's a lot of positives. I think there's a lot of, of understandable uh, concern and distrust in, in the technology, but I think a lot of that comes from incumbents not wanting to give up uh, the, the monopoly that they have in many instances in, in, the, in the markets today. Okay. Andrea, what do you point, think? Can yeah, I just point ahead. out that the entire global capital market system is already interoperating? We're already doing that. Well, yes and no. I mean, yeah, but mostly but there's, yes. There's a daisy, but, well, <laughs> no, but there's but my, my point is that there's a daisy chain of different um, uh, of different actors and different systems that yeah. have over time figured out a way to work together. But there's a lot of inefficiency, friction, cost, and delay in that end result. So it's better than it was 10, 20 years ago. But there are, and I think we're what we're talking about today is the ability to look forward and see a better future. And the question is, how do you get there? 
is there demand? And I don't think the demand is fully there. There are some concerns, as you suggested earlier, around pre-funding, et cetera. So there would be a change in behavior that would be required. And not all of it's, it, 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 it um, there, there are some real threats and disadvantages, I understand, and we can talk about those. But I think it's undeniable that, the, that there is a better technology solution that exists today. This is not technology looking for a problem to solve. This is technology that has real world applications and I just don't think the market's ready to embrace it yet for all sorts of different reasons. And I think <laughs> the last thing I would say is that, that CSDs investing in it today will ultimately not only preserve uh, the future roles at CSDs, but I think. I lost him. John, we seem to have lost uh, Jack temporarily. Javier, you had a question. Why don't you Why don't you ask it now? They don't reinvent themselves. Oh, he's back. Um, yeah, he's back. Yeah, okay. go ahead, Jack. We'll, we'll hold your question, Javier, for when the when the this period is over. It's almost up anyway. Um, okay. Jack, Jack, please go ahead and finish your point. Okay. I was just going to say, I think Swift is Swift is going to be out of business unless they reinvent themselves, which they're trying to do today. But they're playing catch up. And I think CSDs actually have a an opportunity to to um, leap ahead and actually help pull a new uh, future together uh, by embracing this technology. Mm -hmm. John, did you want well, to say as, something? Well, as an ex-Swift person, I remember hearing that Swift is dead. Um, when was it? About 10, 15 years ago when Ripple appeared. And uh, it's, Swift still seems to be there, but that's as an ex-employee uh, of Swift. I should Strong, stronger than ever. Yes. Um, I, the other point is, maybe the question to the two of you is, what, what uh, if a CSD decided to go forward on tokenization and forget about the problems with regulations and or the PFMI, whatever it is, how long do you think it would take to, to say, for a, for a medium-sized country to uh, adopt tokenization and get all their processes running? Well, I can maybe bring a life experience there. <laughs> so we, we brought, a, we created a, from scratch a company, including the parallel authorization and in favored, I might say, by a regulation, the French one, which is well advanced, that was well advanced than compared to the European one already in 2017. We were live in less than 24 months. And uh, this was uh, uh, with a number of dependencies, including a number of dependencies that were linked to some participants that wanted to continue to be linked to us in a conventional manner, which of course required a lot of adaptation. Because if we had had node, uh, their nodes on the blockchain since the beginning, things would have been easier. Mm -hmm. um, so we had to adapt in order to maintain a lot of conventional mechanism in place for them to instruct us. Um, but, but there is one point on which I, I strongly I strongly disagree uh, in terms of uh, what, what uh, Chris said. It is the business case. You, John, you have been attending to several um, user committees, associations meetings, and so on. Make a statistics of how many of the domestic market CSDs or how many custodians in a market have a system that is at least 20 plus years old, which represents a huge legacy and a huge amount of money to spend every time there is a change. Typically, 20 or 22, right? Just to mention the stay on SWIFT. 
So it is, it, the perspective has to be different. We don't have to look just as the CSD on one side and the market on the other side. The consensus doesn't only apply to the principle applicable to the, to the nodes. The consensus applies to the fact that only together a market can spend significantly less and be more efficient and harmonized. So this is the, the, the business case, if you want to say. Uh, uh, I don't know if it is for Chile, I, 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 Italy, any, anyone, anyone look at, at yourself and see where you stand in terms of market participation with your systems. Uh, we're running, Andrea, we're, we're running well over our, our 10 minutes now. And there'll, there'll be time with the audience to, to go through that. I just wanted to give yep. uh, Chris and John just one last opportunity to come back on that, on that point before we uh, open to questions from the audience. Chris, Chris raised his hand, so go ahead, Chris. I was going to point out, to Andrea, that you're not really comparing like with like. So, I mean, th those big capital market institutions have got a track record with their vendors, and they're understandably unwilling to throw out huge investments and, and pick a new, a new kid on the block, like Percival, for example. So if I replace the system, it would be hell of a lot cheaper. But that's not what's motivating them. Every single business case must stand on its own. And they look at the new kid on the block with his tokenization solution are going, hmm, not convinced. And you might understand the reality, but you also understand the reality of putting your faith in, in small new vendors and unproven technology, which you have to categorize uh, tokenized, uh, tokenized solutions as. They're not yet proven. We've run the other experiment now for many decades, almost a hundred years, going back to the oldest systems. Tokenization, not very long. Take, we'll take a little while for the results of that experiment to come in. Okay, I think we should we should draw the rebuttals to a, to a close there. I thought it might be helpful, and I know, Javier, you've got a question to ask, and we're starting to get yeah. questions in from, from other members of the audience um, yeah. as well. So I'll come to you very shortly, Javier. Just thought it might be helpful to the audience if I just summarized uh, what I think we've we've heard this afternoon. I'll summarize the four arguments first and then the against arguments secondly. So the four arguments are one, uh, we're going to get real-time atomic settlement 24-7-365 instead of settling on T plus two. Participants can design their own rule books for settlement and then let the technology execute it. So it'd be more efficient too. Secondly, we get settlement finality. That means the elimination of counterparty risk and the elimination of any single point of failure. Thirdly, we get the single source of truth. Uh, so there's no need for, for reconciliation and, and no need for standard uh, standardized messaging. Thirdly, uh, tokenization will bring liquidity and fungibility to asset classes which have historically lacked those things. So investors will be able to access asset classes that have previously closed to them, probably at smaller ticket sizes. Um, fifthly, uh, as a point made by Jack, do CSDs actually want to lead on the tokenization issue or do they want to follow in the adoption of tokenization? So it's a strategic question for them to which they need uh, to give an answer. And it'll be different for each CSD. Uh, global standardization and greater efficiency is achievable through tokenization because you can simply leap over uh, legacy systems and legacy, legacy providers. So this is not uh, an evolution of the present system. It's actually an entirely new 
operating system for the global capital markets, which will lift interoperability to a whole new level. And it's that uh, which will put SWIFT out of business because it's not an evolution, it's a kind of replacement. Uh, uh, the seventh argument, uh, immutable uh, records will raise truth and transparency to a whole new level because it shows the complete history, even if it's open to members of the group to, to change things. That in turn will lead to greater efficiency. Uh, we also heard from the four argument side that uh, regulation is presently unhelpful to tokenization. It needs to change. It's occurring in jurisdictions where regulation is helpful rather than unhelpful. Uh, ninthly, uh, legacy systems are very old. Uh, modernization can be accelerated by adopting a single new system. Uh, and Andrea reminded us that ID2S was built and live in less than 24 months. Uh, tenth and finally, from the four side, it's wrong to argue that stable coins or payment tokens are, that's kind of saying they don't work as a bit of a red herring uh, because we don't yet have what we need for on-chain settlement. The implication being we'll get it with central bank digital currencies. Now, if I summarize the arguments against, uh, uh, Chris began by telling us firstly that tokenization is not the responsibility of CSDs. They are risk mitigators, risk reducers, and going down this path of tokenization would actually increase risk. So it's kind of against their nature. Secondly, uh, tokenized assets don't need to be on blockchain. They can be processed by existing systems. Uh, tokenization, in other words, is not inseparable from blockchain. So CSDs don't need to bet on this particular technology. Thirdly, uh, settlement finality is not a problem in most markets. Uh, Standards are, re are required by international regulators and have been now for, for more than almost 30 years. Uh, there are, as he said, um, no reliable on-chain payment tokens. And also you lose the benefits of netting if you go to a tokenized approach. Fourthly, Chris argued there are no success stories in tokenization. Uh, he, he, I can't remember it was Chris or John, which alluded to ASX, who's been struggling since 2017 to implement a replacement for chess using blockchain technology, but there are other failed projects in the area. Uh, John, uh, like Chris, uh, pointed out that pre-funding of cash and assets needs to be mandatory and pre-funding has costs. And it doesn't work on a blockchain unless you have pre-funding. Uh, blockchain networks and the coexistence of legacy and blockchain networks will complicate interoperability between CSDs and between legacy systems and the new tokenized systems. Uh, another argument was that they, uh, transition to tokenization will need dual running, so you'll have different settlement timetables of different assets, liquidity will get fragmented, settlement finality, especially across borders, will be more difficult to agree, and as they pointed out, uh, the records are never really immutable, they can always be changed by agreement. Uh, another argument was that the investment burden of switching to a tokenized system is going to be borne by all market participants, not just by the ones that have deep pockets or indeed the ones that, uh, that operate the system. In other words, the customers will have to pay for it as well. A further argument was, uh, and this is what we were talking about right at the end of the rebuttals, is the business case isn't there yet. Uh, regulation is not there. The length of the transition from the existing system to the new one is very potentially very prolonged, would take a very long time and cost far too much money for the average CSD. The final argument, which I heard from the uh, from the against side, is that tokenization implies disintermediation of intermediaries like SWIFT, like custodian banks that, and CSDs that were invented uh, for real reasons, 
uh, accidents will occur and that's when we will realize that we missed them uh, and recognize what they were there to do and it's not surprising that incumbents are not really willing to throw away um, a system established for hundreds of years uh, uh, to replace it with an untested unproven new system sold by uh, relatively small vendors. I hope both sides will agree I've summarized their arguments in, um, in a reasonable way and now we're uh, we're going to open the floor to questions and comments from everybody who's who's listening in. And the first one is going to come from Javier. Uh, I have a couple of questions, but I would like to give preference for the audience, Dominic, so you can go to the chat because we have a Q&A uh, in the panel. Mm -hmm. So I can I can wait for the to to answer first uh, first uh, the question for the audience. So if you can read it. Okay, well, we've, we've had a question from, from Claudio Calderon. Um, he says, do you think that DLT features like traceability, transparency, immutability, high availability, help to improve resilience, help to reduce silos, shorten current process times and give direct access to golden data to the regulator. I kind of, I think I know what um, what uh, uh, Andrea and Jack will say to that. So maybe it's a good one to throw at you, John. Is that, um, well, I are thought they, are, most, how realistic are those benefits? I thought most, CSD, huh? most CSDs can provide those facilities, you know, um, traceability, transparency, you know, they, CSDs are, are trusted they're a trusted party in in, 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 in a transaction. So they they can provide all, all of that. And I'm sure high availability, that's one of the features that they obviously they have to have. Um, to improve resilience, help reduce silos. I'm not sure about the reduced silos, not trying, not quite understanding what that question really means. And short and current process times. Well, I think most CSDs do actually have very short uh, process times for, for settlement um, and give direct access to gold data to the regulator. Well, I'm sure that uh, most CSDs have to give access to the to, to information on their on their databases, for instance, uh, to their regulators if, if they're asked. So I don't see much difference in terms between tokenization here and, and what a CSD can do today. Hey, Dominic, can I, can I just add, I think I agree with everything uh, you just said about CSTs providing a lot of those functions. My point is, I think they could do it better and, and very much remain a, a trusted counterparty, but they could do it better with this new technology. And I think 10 years from now, we're going to look back, they're all going to be using distributed ledger technology to do their job. One other just brief point, there's a lot of flexibility in blockchain. I heard that blockchain uh, does not enable, for example, um, or the pre-funding can't be done uh, or, or has to be done on a blockchain. With the smart contract nature of it, you can you can do away with pre-funding for certain types of transactions. We've built that capability within ourselves where you can memorialize an attestation that Chris has $10 million in an escrow account, et cetera, that is going to transfer to a counterparty if certain conditions are met. So you don't necessarily have to have the money on an exchange ready to convey, but you can take building block approach and lock that information in. So my point is that there's a lot of flexibility in how this technology can be used. And I see that Claudia has clarified the silos uh, question. 
so that uh, yeah i'd agree with um i have to agree with claudia that probably with the with dlt that the, the reconciliation needs are reduced Uh, if no. I can add one, one one thing to what Jack was just saying, in terms, I, I think the real concept that is uh, probably misunderstood uh, or not uh, uh, understood enough is the concept of smart contract. The smart contract is really the enabler of uh, these uh, super fast processing because it has embedded in its nature the execution of a number of predefined steps um in a in a closed manner so either you go in one way or the other way it's like a flow chart that says yes no yes no yes no and you just process very very quickly everything because the scenarios are predetermined so uh, this is the the enabler of uh, of these this technology there is one point that i want to stress is that for for 20 years, since when I'm in the business, I'm hearing about a one word, which is disintermediation. Now we cannot say that disintermediation is a bad thing because the technology favors it. So disintermediation implies also specialization. Uh, everyone will start doing what is good at. And then if we have operators that are very good in asset servicing, they continue to do asset servicing while others will just focus on trading and on on settlement. Did, um, did you want to, to address that point, Chris? You've been very adamant about um, that these intermediaries actually are fulfilling real functions here. Well, they're certainly supposed to, money to reconcile with them and, and have lots of people doing things. Um, is this just not about not trusting smart contracts to do, it, to do the job properly? Well, I don't know. We have a very interesting technology called a computer program where you, you know, so if next, if next, if next, and we can do things really, really quickly. And we do it centrally and once it's a little bit more efficient than have every damn computer do it, which is sitting on the, the on the chain. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that I, in that whole list of things that uh, tokenize, tokenize or DLT is good at, I didn't get anything that uh, existing solutions weren't able to do but this intermediation point is um yes well uh, i understand look we're, we're human beings and one thing human beings do naturally is trade with each other and th 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 there's this irritation I, I don't want anyone in the way i want to be able to do that myself i get it but well i've seen markets where you know that is the case and um, they're not pretty when things start to go west there's no dampening on it everything is exposed just to raw human capability and we are not very strong there so there are good reasons why those intermediaries and, and, the, and the rules that surround them have built up and uh, to reduce their role in the capital market it needs to be viewed with um, some caution i would say okay we, Chris, would you be supportive of going to a t plus one or t plus zero settlement and is the question only how you get there or would you question whether or not the market needs to reduce settlement time in general okay so the settlement process and the t plus x whatever it happens to be needs to be separated from the capability of the csd itself csd itself if it's a proper solution doesn't care it can mix uh, a mix of, uh, of instructions to settle at t plus n going from real time or 
a specific date and time in the day or any number of days in advance. That's what markets are like. So you get trades and instructions being reported from multiple venues. That's market rules. That's a completely different thing, not connected to the underlying technology, just so we're clear. The technology isn't forcing T plus one or T plus two at all. I understood, but it, 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 but it could enable it. We, we can let the audience. It's not, it's not the, the blocker is not, not the technology. That's what I'm saying. Enable yeah, it, enable, enable it. Yeah. I agree with that. And, and, and regardless of whether it's, it's a DLT technology or a classic technology, the, the two okay. things are not related. It's market rules that, that specify that. Um, I think both sides are agreed on that then. We yeah. have a question from Vidya Shankar Ramalingam who asks, can tokenization happen at the custody layer? How do you see developments? And I think there's probably an awful lot in that in that question, particularly if you're arguing that tokenization means moving on to an entirely new operating model. In other words, this isn't just about keeping assets in custody and tokenizing them to a blockchain. This is about building up an entirely new operating model where issuers start to issue native tokenized assets onto blockchain networks, and those gradually supplant uh, old fashioned systems of, of tokenization. But I'm, I'm interpreting the question. Um, Jack, what, how would you answer with Dushanka? Can tokenization happen at the custody layer? How do you interpret his question? I interpreted, and I think it's already happening today. I mean, I think a lot of the digital asset custodians, so standard custody and trust, which is our New York regulated, insured, qualified custodian for digital assets. Most people's immediate thinking is that it's around cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum, et cetera. But as a trust bank and as a qualified custodian, we can custody, we're chartered to custody securities as well as non-securities and they can take you know where our focus is on a digital form so if there is a an asset it, it could be a real asset it could be an equity it could be a, a corporate bond credit instrument that gets tokenized or digitized we are absolutely in the business of custodying that asset uh, and all the other rails systems that are applied in terms of storing um, private keys what we do integrating with exchanges to trade or, or, or OTC, um, and then being a central agent in the whole settlement process, uh, very much a core function of what digital asset custodians can do today and will do into the future. And I think what you're seeing BNY Mellon last week announced that they're gonna get into, they're starting with Bitcoin and Ethereum, no surprise, but they obviously have a view and we've spoken to all the major banks uh, over the last couple of years that we've been in business They've all got a view towards this future tokenization and digitization. It's coming. The question is, how quickly will it come? What impact it's going to have on their business, et cetera. But, but none of the large banks today or, or any financial institutions that are in the, in the clearing custody settlement asset servicing business refute that, that not only distributed ledger technology and blockchain technology is coming, but have a pretty strong view on the future of tokenization as well. Mm -hmm. It's a good point, John. Uh, custodian, global custodian banks are making serious moves uh, to build up a digital asset custody business, aren't they? Either on their own or usually with with a with a third party vendor who specialises in the subject. Well, yes. I mean, they, <laughs> they all want to make sure they they have continued involvement in the business in the business area which they've had for a long time. I think, but I think the. Uh, Part of the issue is for, for the custodians, they don't know what uh, the impact will be for them uh, in terms of 
changing their systems to handle all the uh, tokenization uh, efforts. I mean, I, you know, I mentioned the ASX, and I think at the beginning when the project was first announced, there was a lot of pushback from the the end users of ASX uh, at first, and that that delayed that was a delay to the project because they couldn't see the benefits. Um, now. You know, custodians now want to make sure that they continue to be part, you know, not be disintermediated, I'm sure. Um, you know, business is business. So I'm sure that they want to make sure they're involved in discussions and trials and pilots or whatever to, to understand what their position is. Well, here's a very... In the same way that SWIFT is and in the same way that I would argue CSD should be. So you don't have to make the change today, but I think having a firm foothold in this future innovation will be, a, in hindsight, a very prudent initiative to undertake. Okay. So, so what you're saying is that uh, keep your eye open, but maybe not make decision for the moment. Yeah, at a very least, at a minimum, have a hedge on. Yeah, well, that's the hard point of the, our debate is should they invest that's now? Right. That's right. Well, you know my answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, here's, here's on this very subject, here's a very interesting question from a member of the audience from uh, Antonio Blasquez. He says, how would you assess the probability of financial assets and securities tokenization happening in some markets without CSD involvement? This is the risk that CSDs simply get bypassed. You, John, uh, mentioned the, the assessment in our future finance paper about this, that you could do nothing until 2027 if you like. But in the medium term, you might well find that actually new types of custodians, new types of service providers have sort of simply gone round the, the CSDs. They've had to because the CSDs have not responded to the, the opportunity. And then in the long term, CSDs are, are dead. That's Dominic, the threat behind Antonio. Dominic, Dominic, please let that happen. That, that's, what, that's what we're looking <laughs> for. If that happens, you've made your case. Don't see it happening yet, but if it does, that that, that the whole game changes, uh, and the people will be queuing up, falling over themselves to to implement. I'd also try and, and, and lay out the landscape of CSDs a little bit because it's not it, it's not an even playing field. CSDs differ fundamentally in in two or three important ways. One is omnibus level markets, like France and Germany, for example. CSD has very few accounts, only, only owned by the participants, and settlement occurs within the omnibus accounts. In, in smaller markets, emerging markets, also the Scandinavian countries, everything north of, of, of the English Channel, including the UK, is, is beneficial owner level. And, and, and the impact that tokenization will have on those two different styles of market is markedly different. I can see actually there'd be more attraction in an omnibus level market to implement tokenization because there's a much wider level of disconnect between the true actors in the capital market, which are the investor and the issuer, and, and, and their actual account. It's, it's many levels of nominees to go through. I, I imagine that would be pretty frustrating for both issuers and investors to have to deal with. But so is that, your, is that your answer to Antonio? Is, is that in omnibus markets, as opposed to end investor account markets, this is likely to happen? Tokenization is likely to happen, more likely to happen. I'm saying that there's a, a, a higher level of motivation at the two most fundamental actors in a, in a capital market. Mm -hmm. Maybe that will translate into a higher likelihood of it happening. But the vested interests are also stronger in those markets, huh, which is why they're designed that way.
I can't answer the question about the likelihood. I could, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't want to call it or put any of my money on that bet. Andrea, your hand is up. Yes, uh, I do think, uh, but I have a clear position, uh, which is quite. Uh, uh, I don't think that adoption here is, which is the key word, uh, can be achieved without CSDs, uh, because uh, CSDs are uh, the center of the market today because uh, the experience shows that any pilot which has been done has not led to a real adoption. Uh, what is important to understand is that if there is one dependency from the functioning of, uh, of uh, the blockchain is uh, the participation, so the adoption. But this is in every environment. If we don't have adoption by participants, there is no point a CSD deciding by itself to establishing, a, uh, to convert the market to digital. What is important is that for every asset that you bring to a platform, you have liquidity and you have a secondary market. If you don't have it, you stop at pilot level, you will never go beyond. So this is a non-technological dependency that is implies the, the presence of an aggregator like the CSD, which is regulated, and then potentially may evolve its role, such as uh, operating arm of the regulator, because it's just one of the many, sort of a primus inter pares amongst all the members of the blockchain. But we cannot, you cannot have success without a CSD. Because the role of a CSD remains central, you will never have any regulator adopting, accepting that a regulated central entity exists to any to any to address any circumstance. This is the centrality of the CSD. The role of the CSD may change, but it will remain central. But in in Europe, at least, Andrea. The, the regulations allow for a CSD, a new CSD to set up. And yes, you might not be able to break into the business of the existing CSD because of the reluctance to adopt, mm -hmm. but you've got alternate investment markets, you've got new, new types of uh, asset you can go work with. You've got, th th there is still meat there to, 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 to be the basis of a success. But it, and the, the, as I said, is a non-technological dependency. If you don't build the market, which is participation of many, you can have the best technology, blockchain or non-blockchain, and you can spend very little money to have it. And so you may be happy because you've not spent money. But if you don't, if an, an asset manager, an investor is not able to resell an instrument which has bought, at the moment you want to reshuffle his portfolio, you're dead. So he will not buy if it's not able to resell. That's the fundamental element, which is not technologically related, which is related to adoption to anything. So in, in the case of new CSDs, in, for example, you mentioned Europe, these new CSDs are created and try to find their, their space in, in a multi-market zone where we have national monopolies. So we have consolidated flows. So everything that you win is is of course st stolen by other by other markets. But if you don't have a number of participants that allow this liquidity, you will never succeed. So it's like it's like 
if you want to create a specialized entity on uh, on eurobonds well if you don't have bank of new york jp morgan state street and deutsche bank as ipa or or uh, as uh, as custodian you don't go anywhere you can get rid of uh, the icsds if you want but you don't have liquidity if you have one of them you need to have them all so otherwise your instrument will not be sold you will stop at pilot level that's where the I think that that's the perspective that we need to look at, which is not a technological dependency. Now, um, Vicente Lazen has um, has raised a taken us back to something both of you were, were, were had interesting perspectives on, namely this immutable record of transactions. The question is, what would be the benefit of replacing trust with truth in the securities markets? Uh, this is considering that many observers agree that trust will not go away, in part due to regulatory reasons. Regulators like trustworthy financial institutions. Um, uh, uh, perhaps, Jack, could, are you ready to? to yeah, address well, I, I actually, I actually think it will be a hybrid sort of approach. I think, and it's one of those uh, aspects that I touched on at my initial remarks of this evolution, not revolution. In the pure sense, you know, the, the founding fathers, if you will, of the whole uh, digital currency blockchain initiative around finance was a true peer to peer doing away with all um, central counterparties uh, or, or centralized parties. And I think um, the reality of the situation is that institutions today still take comfort in having trusted counterparties. That's why I agree uh, with, I believe, is Andrea making the point that actually CSDs do have a future. You could argue, and Chris alluded to it, that if you ran the technology uh, innovation to its logical course, you could do away with any sort of, of trusted counterparty and just rely exclusively on the technology. I'm not certain that the market participants actually want that. And I'm not certain that the regulators will feel comfortable with that. And so I really think it's a hybrid approach. I really think that the way this is going to play out is that large sell side firms, exchanges, CSDs, et cetera, will continue to have a role five, 10, 20 years out in capital markets, but that the underlying foundation is going to change and that the overall operational flow is gonna become much more efficient uh, than it is today. Less friction, greater settlements, um, uh, speed, transparency, lower costs, et cetera. Um, again, the trust or truth thing, I mean, anyone comes to me and tells me that uh, any of my customer CSDs lacks either trust or is not a source of truth, I'd want to smack them in the face. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sure, I know. No, I agree not, with you, not really. The is, but this, this golden source of truth would be something that would be truly operational as well. And I think well, that's uh, where... Again, you're kind of qualifying it. It, it, it is truly operational at CSD level. I don't, I don't, there, there is I, I a problem say, there to say, solve. Jack. I meant to say inter. I meant to say interoperational, with all you know. And, and we are already interoperable. We are already interoperable. There isn't a I problem there to be solved. Better. I don't. Well, we are already right. doing it better than you lot. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> you certainly have a bigger footprint and wider adoption today. I'm not sure yeah. what you're afraid of, Chris. What is it? What is it that I'm you're not, afraid of? I'm not afraid. We can produce a DLT solution just like you, but our customers are not asking for it. Okay, we'll see. Uh, now we have we another question. 
here. We we should we should probably in a, in a minute um, invite um, uh, the. We promised the audience that we would uh, um, show them the poll again, so we can check what they are. Because we must stop at about um, four thirty, I think, because we started a bit late. So I think finish at four thirty London time would would be fine. Uh, Viviana, perhaps you could put the poll up again, and people could complete that while we uh, continue the discussion by addressing um, Eduardo Roa's question which is how do you see the interaction between the usual assets versus tokenized assets and settlement between real money and tokenized money? I think he's saying here that we're going to end up with a, just uh, during some sort of transition period where we have both traditional assets and traditional money, but also tokenized assets and tokenized money. How are they going to interact? And that's a real issue for, for CSDs, isn't it, John? Well, yes, I mean, they're going to have to support, I think I mentioned, to support effectively dual networks. Um, and how to handle that um, is, all right, you'll have the, with the DLT style, you have uh, obviously all the advantages there, but they will just have to make sure that their, their systems can handle the dual networks and that the interoperation uh, is, is, is well handled at the, you know, at the account level or whatever level it is, you know be it omnibus or other accounts. Um, so, I mean, I don't have a straight answer. It's just a method that it's, maybe Chris has a better answer than I have, but I mean, that they'll have to support the duality uh, until either one, one is completely moved over to, to the other, or there is no move and you, you have to continue supporting two networks. My, my point on that was in regards to the currency is, of course, that uh, any kind of realistic um, uh, settlement with, a, with a, a sensible currency is going to be a central bank digital currency, a CBDC. And uh, in that respect, it's a different chain. So either you become part of that chain if central bank allows you to, and that will be, well, let's see about that. I don't not hold out much hope in that. Or you need interoperability with the central bank currency, and which is again, it's not an efficient way of doing things per se, but um, it, it it's it has a technological aspect to it, which is is not nothing, and then it's got a political regulatory as aspect of it coming from the central bank perspective, which again is is, is not insignificant. If I may comment, uh, Dominic, in, in conclusion, is the, uh, I just remind that CSEs have to, de de to deal with uh, re uh, regulatory request of dematerialization in many jurisdictions, and this happened in the very recent years. This means that for many decades, uh, CSEs have to deal, had to deal with different forms of securities, physical papers, uh, immobilized securities and dematerialized. When I was working a long time ago in France, uh, in uh, what was Sikovam in 2000, uh, one of the most common Christmas presents by the French was certificate the Walt Disney, the Euro Disney share to give it to people as a present at Christmas. So processes to handle physical securities as well as electronic, electronic book record uh, exist in the CSDs since the case, uh, this will not represent a new novelty for the CSDs as is a new form of security. On the contrary, probably in parallel, luckily physical securities disappear. 
Javier, your hand is up. Did you want to say something? Uh, we have uh, well, many questions still waiting in the in the chat. So uh, I want to give my question to to back with some of you, but in advance, I would like to to thanks to all of you because it has been many many questions and very interesting debate. Uh, I have a, a just final question for my side. I have another ones. I got to go directly with some of you, but in general terms, in, in your opinion, uh, which CSB in Eurovision are doing a good balance in terms of the investment that they are doing in in tokenization and DLT environment? Uh, try to balance uh, this the, the 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 good business case. To present to to the board members and also trying to 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 bet for this potential new technology, which could be uh, if you can give a couple of numbers and uh, of CSD around the world are doing a good job. I make that question because for the CSD in Latam, we used to try to to follow or at least to read go and go deeper in some in some examples that are doing a good job. So that is the intention for my question. Is it for someone in particular, or? Well, uh, I, I can. Andreas, if you have any, if you would like. To yeah, say I think uh, I think there are um, certain examples that can be uh, looked at with the interest. Um, I would speak about one group first of all because we have a limitation there. So Deutsche Börse with D7. But of course, the limitation is in the post-trade. So today, at CSD level, it is, is conventional settlement within two targeted securities. I'm pretty sure they would have gone well beyond if, they, if the regulation wasn't limiting there. Um, the second I would look at uh, with particular interest is, uh, is the journey that uh, uh, the group uh, Archax slash Montes has done. Uh, in terms of creating our end-to-end -end financial market infrastructure. Uh, I think uh, there is a, a success story there, uh, at least in terms of uh, project life. Uh, so liquidity need to be built, but uh, uh, the, the project keeps going. Adoption uh, is progressively there. Um, and I would also look with interest at what uh, Singapore was do is doing. Uh, Great, thank you very much. Um, and Javier, you might I might just add you have a look at the at Swift because they've just released a paper on an experiment they've done on tokenized uh, assets. Um, okay. Thanks, Saint John. Dominic, if you want to make uh, your brilliant wrap up internal the conversation um, before and after that, I'm going to make a, a few words to to Leah. I'm, I'm just, I'm a bit worried, Javier. We haven't answered Roberto Gonzalez Barrera's question. Okay, so go ahead. Should we, go ahead. Should, we just, should we just make that the final question for everyone? He, he asks, markets require liquidity to function. How would a DLT solution allow market makers to short sell and do arbitrage? For atomic settlement, you need to have securities and cash at the accounts blocked before trading to allow settlement. In other words, pre-funding makes normal trading methods difficult. That's his first question. Uh, second question, any comments to the huge funding needs that a Model 1 would require to settle Brace one by one? So I think I had responded uh, in writing to the first one, but uh -huh. uh, fundamentally I think that uh, CSDs are not just uh, settlement and notary services and uh, 
and safekeeping, uh, also securities lending and borrowing and collateral management services. You include uh, these uh, processes in uh, the uh, smart contract mechanism, and this can be addressed in a T plus zero basis. Anyone else want to add to that, John, Jack, Chris? No? Okay. I can now um, release to the audience the, the results of the poll. Uh, these two polls are not strictly uh, comparable because we had a rather larger turnout at the beginning than we've had in the second poll. Um, but it, when the, at the start of this debate, 91% of people uh, listening thought yes is the answer to this. We need to do something about tokenization now. 9% thought no. Um, an hour and a bit later, 80% uh, uh, think it's time to do something now and 20% think no. But we only had 25 responses to the first um, uh, <laughs> second poll and, and we had 43 to the first one. So they're not, they're not strictly comparable. And I, I would say a fairer way of understanding that is 18% of people are now, uh, 18 people are thinking, hmm, I wonder. Not sure. Not don't know or not sure or whatever. So the debate <laughs> continues, but there's still a very heavy majority for actually. We'll we'll, we'll claim that as a win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just the referee. I can't possibly comment. Uh, but I think we must stop there. I, I, I'd like to thank you all for, for your help, and I'd like to thank the audience too. But I'll hand back to you, uh, Javier, to close us out. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you again for to all of you uh, for your time for to prepare this interesting panel for the debate. Uh, I think it's very useful for all the ACSA members. So thank you, honestly, and I hope to see you soon. And I think it's going to be uh, an opportunity to, to have maybe to, to, to keep uh, this topic alive and maybe to, to, to continue talking to all of you in a, why not in our next, General Assembly in Dominicana Republic in 2023. That could be very interesting to 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 make a, a, a round table and discuss about this issue. Well, I'm going to, to switch to Spanish. Gracias a todos por participar. Creo que ha sido muy interesante lo que hemos escuchado hoy día y esta este debate entre esta posibilidad de de estar o no invirtiendo como depósitos de valores en en activos tokenizados o eventualmente en POT infraestructura. Eh, como, como presidente de AXBA, lo, los animo a seguir participando. Esta es la forma como queremos contribuir a educarnos, a obtener información y, por supuesto, eh, la manera en que queremos llegar a ser una entidad que, que otorgue beneficios a sus miembros a través de, de este tipo de eventos. Eh, bueno, próximamente vamos a tener una reunión, les comento en eh, presencial del Comité Ejecutivo, donde esperamos hacer una revisión y, por supuesto, eh, calendarizar nuevas actividades que vienen a, a, a futuro. Así es que desde ya agradecerles su tiempo, espero que haya sido de utilidad. Uh, thank you again to all the panelists and, and I hope to see you soon in our next webinar. Okay, so bye bye. I'm Dominic. Thank you again for your time and, and your collaboration. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Javier. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you very much, Jack. And thank you, John. And thank you to the audience. And see you all very soon, I hope. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. bye.